0: Bye. Hey, are you there? Hola. Episode four. Episode four. Episode
1: four. Here we go. Um, So, yeah, I hate the podcast. Um,
0: I hate the podcast.
1: Let me call you again. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
0: Finishing things.
1: Yeah. So finishing things, um, I said before we get into it, let's do the let's do the listener questions.
0: Oh yeah, fun. We have those.
1: Yeah, these are fun too. Um, so we've got one from uh, Sandeep uh, over Twitter, and she was saying, "What was the first project you worked on, and what did you learn from it?"
0: I remember, like, yeah, like seeing this one and really liking it because it made me think about, like, what was what was the first project that like that really moved me or challenged me? Um, yeah. And so for me, I don't know um, if this isn't poetry related, but yeah, I don't think big, it matters yeah My first big project was this huge um, portrait that I was doing and uh, I, I can't I don't know the exact dimensions, but it right, required right. me to um, do this like, really kind of mathematical grid in order to get um, to make sure that I was going to get the bone structure in the right places and, and all these things. And so um, I had to be, like, really, really technical and, like, really prepare before I even started, Right. like, the creative process. Like I guess you could say, like, the drawing itself. Yeah, yeah. That feels very up. familiar. Yeah. I had to scale, like, the image of the individual and then... Um, had, had, you, different... had you
1: done this before? Was it your first no, time? No, it was my first oh, okay. time. And I
0: was using these, like, transparent sheets to, like, kind of draw grids over, over all the images I had of him, and I was, like, measuring, right, right. Uh, you know, his bone structure and stuff like that, because it was going to be so big, and I knew that, like, I really only had one chance to, to get it right. And when you're doing, um, when you're doing portraits, it's, it's really difficult, um, because if you screw, if you screw up for too long, then you're going to throw off, like... That right. structure and there's and there's no fixing that and then the person's gonna look deformed that's so um, interesting because it's,
1: it's it's just like it's just like architecture or screenplay writing like if like one piece of it is out of place the whole thing kind of just feels askew you know
0: yeah yeah, and yeah. So you really have to like build that scaffolding and I had to put a lot of time into uh into the, all that kind of behind the scenes prep work and I'm not usually good at that I usually just like want to jump right in And had I done that, it would never have worked. Um,
1: So what did you learn from that,
0: from that first project? I learned that like, one, that a lot more math is involved in something like a project like that, than I really uh, would have considered before undertaking Mm -hmm. something that big. Mm -hmm. And also that the prep work is like an essential part of the process. Um, yeah, planning. Like, planning, I think, like, you don't always give yourself enough time. Um,
1: yeah, we should probably do an episode on that at some point.
0: No, yeah. Like, yeah. and I'm just, I'm, like, a really flighty person. Um, I just want to jump into a project once I get excited about it. Uh, yeah, I used to be the same way. I still am, to be honest. <laughs> My phone is dying. Um, <laughs> Are
1: you sure? Uh, all right.
0: I'm, um, like, noiseless. But, yeah, no, I... I. It's not going to die on like, us, really is it? No, 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 no. I'll just upload it. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. I, I feel like what you're saying is, like, um, learning that you need to plan and you need, need to think ahead and that makes, you know, it'll make everything better. It's the same thing that, like, a lot of us learn on our first project. You know? Yeah. Because, like, I feel mm-hmm. on my first one, because I thought my first one was uh, called, it's a short called This Moment, which went to Sundance. And I've talked about it before, and I was just thinking, like, that's, that's, what, that's what I was going to discuss on this episode as, as the question came up. But now that I'm thinking about it, I've realized it's not my first project. My first project was something I did before that. And I it was, like, I was really young. I was, like, uh, like, 19 or so. And I picked up a camera, and I just got my brother, you know, my cousin, and a couple of friends together to, like, shoot a film. And at that point, everybody was excited, you know, because we're all young, and we wanted to do stuff. And so um, I kind of corralled them and, like, did this, this like, I was going to do a 40-minute short we'd been shooting things before that that were like five minutes and so forth just for us. Mm-hmm. So we thought, mm-hmm. let's do something that we can show people. And so we went and did this little like uh, betrayal story between friends and it was 40 minutes long and like, we were shooting it and we would just totally gun like run and gunning it. Like we had been doing the whole time and we were shooting it. We suddenly realized like this was a really bad idea and we only got halfway through because you can only go so far with like momentum and energy.
0: Yeah, and it's it's really important to to allow yourself to run a little bit off of that momentum. Like, if you over plan, you're going to, like, bore yourself to death and you're going to drain everybody. And you're going to, like, you don't want to be that person who's, like, micromanaging every single minute. Um, yeah, exactly. So you kind of do have to, like, you're always going to have to wing, you know, some aspect of, of a project that you're working on. Um, but, yeah, if you don't give yourself enough time, I mean... And, and just well, that was kind of undertaking a project that was like way too big for you at that level. You know, like accepting what your limitations are. Absolutely, is a big thing too. absolutely.
1: Well, yeah. Well, th- I mean, that's what I learned. I needed, I need, I learned I needed to slow down and plan because I'd written this whole script and that was fine. You know, that yeah. took a lot of time. But when I when I was done the script, I just assumed, okay, well, I've done all the work now. But then I learned from that. Oh no, there's still so much more work before you can even go and shoot. So it's the same thing as you. It's like you got to sit down, you got to plan, you got to prethink, and I'm pretty sure it's everybody's lesson on on their first few is so he just realized that you, yeah. you, you actually, it's not the lesson you keep learning over and over. Just slow down. Yeah,
0: just slow yeah, down. No, so um, one of the things I had to learn and bless my graphic designer who did the layout of my book, because um, I'm going to slaughter her last name. It's Italian and I should know. But, um, Taylor Mebellatini. Um, I think I did that right. Okay, She'll forgive me. She'll tell me if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> but, uh, she, I I thought I had the layout, like, done when I was, like, giving her the graphics and we were ordering my proofs and all that stuff. And um, we had to order, no exaggeration, seven different proofs and, like, different sizes, all these different things. Because I kept fucking up the layout and I was sending it to her and she's like, these dimensions aren't correct. And then she'd have to go and redo, like, all the margins. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And stuff like that because, like, I just was like. But you're learning on the go, yeah. Whereas next time
1: you would know what to say and what to do?
0: Right, next time Mm -hmm. I know that, like, she's going to need to know exactly from the get-go, like, you know, what size book I'm looking at, you know, how big my images are, and and all all these kinds of technical things that I just never planned for, that then she had to kind of clean up my mess. And it took way longer than had I properly planned it out in the beginning and given it the correct amount of time that, you know, I was going to need, versus, like, being two, I want to say two months almost later than later than I wanted it to be,
1: -hmm. so. Well, I think, uh, just to add one more thing to Sandeep's uh, question, because I just realized as you were talking, and I think we'll probably both agree on this, is that uh, the the real thing that we learned from all of that was that, like, you know, you you made all these mistakes, you got through it, you figured out that you got to plan the next time and all that, but really what you learn is, you learn, you get a little bit of confidence. You go, okay, I fucked that up, I screwed that up, but I know how to fix it. And then, and then you went to the next one. And I think, I think a lot of people who like haven't done their first project, they don't realize that even failing at it and making a lot of mistakes is actually a really good thing. Like all the things you and I are talking about are things that we learned Mm -hmm. plus other things. Right. So, so you're
0: you're always, yeah. Going to be like failing a little bit mm -hmm. on each project. Um, And you,
1: you just learn that failure is okay.
0: Yeah. Like you have to go to the fire because then like you're going to come out of it and you can have a little bit of a swagger because you're going to be like, okay, exactly. And that keeps happening. Yeah. I know how to do this. I know how to handle like this part of my job. And I know that the next time it comes up, like I'm going to, I'm going to handle it yeah. a dif- you know, differently. And, and then also you can pass that knowledge on to somebody else. Exactly. It's like, so. a,
1: a really good question actually, because now I want to do an episode on failure, just on the idea oh, yeah. of like not being afraid to fail and stuff. Cause I think people really struggle with that.
0: Well, our next episode is actually going to be about um, uh, like submissions. Right. Like, yeah. And like, and, and, and that'll be a of the part world. of it.
1: Yeah. That conversation will definitely be yeah. part of it because there's, because there's a fear of failure too. Yeah. Okay yeah. um and then so thanks for that question Sandeep and um we'll go on to the next one which is uh Arav is it one of your friends? I'm probably pronouncing this very wrong. No he's like a like one, so
0: I actually this is what this is what the like the anonymous nature of the internet will do to you. <laughs> um, I can be friends with somebody for like a year on Instagram and like not know their accent. Yeah yeah. Um, but he's he's like a really fantastic poet um, who yeah, like lives is. under uh, typed,
1: not written, I believe is what... That's right, saying. yeah, yeah, that's right. I should have um, gotten everybody's handles. Next time, I'll, I'll make sure I write down the handles, too. Um, um, but yeah, and, yeah, and, and also really nice he's guy, like, has been interacting with us, with me. Well, he's known you for a while, but he's been interacting with me on a
0: Yeah,
1: on a yeah
0: and he was asking about, um, about community and, like... Yeah,
1: he was asking... Uh,
0: kind of well, I'll
1: community. read you his question. He said, would love for you guys to discuss social engagement on Instagram and other social platforms, f- platforms. How some of it seems in quotation marks, fake to the naked eye? And then you also have a second part question, but why don't we just do that first and then we'll come to the second
0: part. Um, I think for me, like my community, like my, my writing community, and like this is like an essential part, having a writing community, which we'll get into is like an essential part of knowing when your work is finished, I think, mm-hmm. because you have people to like, people that you love and respect whose work you also love and respect. So like their criticism matters. Um, look at your work, yeah. and and so my community and the I mean I have uh, several like different groups. I have like a DC kind of group, and then like one in New York, and you know, kind of overlaps with different people online. Um, it's never felt fake to me, but I can also but you're talking like,
1: about like social engagement online, though, or just yeah, actually hanging and, out with these that, people. Because like, I think that was well, the second part of his question was like, you know, how do you find people? But, um,
0: I think that like a lot of a lot of my writing community, like even here in DC, has been kind of found um, through through Instagram, mm-hmm. um, and then like engaging with each other's work, like that's just like the, the best way to do it. Yeah, I agree. One hundred percent. Constantly engage with each other's work. You mm-hmm. have this thing in common, and you can give each other feedback. Also, and, and those relationships, I think, when you do it that way, they just kind of build organically.
1: Yeah,
0: I agree. And then I think maybe to an outsider at that point maybe there comes a point where where those those dynamics and those conversations if they're public um can look a little little forced
1: or something but what it is is you're just essentially kind of in network mode which can be this like you know it can be this this word that people go she's networking but like what it is is you're just you're in that mode where you're making sure you stay in touch with people so when somebody says something you actually try to engage them as opposed to being like i don't care about this tweet you know and and i think what happens is you end up finding a bunch of tweets that you actually would interact with if you weren't you know, uh in uh sit back and do nothing mode, you know, <laughs> which is which is which is the mode I'm usually in.
0: <laughs> yeah, and no, you've only recently gotten kind of into social yeah, media and, what... and using it for like community recently. Well yeah I was gonna um... say I was
1: one of those people that used to think these when I'd seen interactions like that that they were fake, you know? A lot of it's yeah. to do with being younger and being angsty and stuff. But then like as you as you kinda of get older and stuff, I also kinda of realized something I realized about that, which is some, um when that question came is the first thing that popped in my head, which is like it's something that like, as you get older, you don't even think about, like, I don't even think about what other people, if I see somebody interacting this and that, I'm like, okay, yeah, good for them. Like, I don't think about it because it's a waste of my time. Like to think about that slows me down during the day creatively and all that. And also the big realization I had in the last year or so was that most criticism is actually self-criticism. You know what I mean? So when you're looking at other people and you're going like, Oh, like why are they, you know, interacting with everybody and being fake what's actually going on is you're thinking to yourself i would never do that and, and and why would you never do that nobody told you not to do that like you're judging it in a certain way i'm not talking about your friend i'm talking about myself back then yeah you know mm-hmm. and and so now i'm at a point where i just try really hard not to judge those interactions because what am i a supercomputer like my brain's so smart that i figure that i just know everybody's intentions i don't you know
0: yeah absolutely and, and so the less
1: i think so about it the better
0: I think sometimes also, like, if you're, if you're speaking, like, specifically on certain, certain social platforms or social interactions on those platforms, um, it could just be the wrong platform for you.
1: Exactly. It's something I've learned, too. Yeah, I'm not...
0: Uh, do something different.
1: I don't interact well on Instagram, but I interact really well on Twitter.
0: Which is so weird, because you used to be the exact exactly. opposite, but your, your work has changed, and you have changed, mm-hmm. like, this is, like, kind of just, like, what you're vibing with right now, and, like, exactly. that's, that's cool. And that
1: changes I over mean, time. You might, I might go back to one day being, like, oh, uh, like, you know, becoming a total introvert and so forth, you know? But it all depends yeah. on the seasons, as you always say.
0: And for me, I think um, having, like, a good, good local community, like, in-person community is, like, super essential. Well,
1: here, let me read you a second part. He says... And would love to hear how it's like relocating and finding a crowd to gel with uh, to match the places you've left. You know, it's essentially finding your tribe, right?
0: Right. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Wherever you go. I haven't dealt with that much. You've dealt with that quite a bit. Yeah. So I think you probably have some some good to say about that, like how to find your people when you go to new places.
0: I mean, I think for me, I'm kind of like a sulky gargoyle. (laughs) Yes, you are in like public spaces um so dc has um two i legit just imagine
1: you like perched on the top of like a building <laughs> gargoyling. Yeah, no like
0: on the top of a bookshelf <laughs> in a coat <laughs> looking down and judging everyone's book choices in the bookstore like that's me your um, soul <laughs> but dc Go has on. this bookstore called kramer books um and it's like super famous really really old uh, it was recently sold and and there was like kind of some drama around it because the entire okay store quit The entire staff quit and went and uh, opened up their own bookstore. So I'm going to recommend both of them. Um, Mm -hmm. Kramer Books is the, like, original one, Kramer Books and Afterwards. And it's a 24-hour bookstore. Open every single day. No exceptions. Um, And you can, like, go in there, find a book, sit down, read it. Like, you can drink. You can – there's always live music until, I want to say, like, 2 or 3, 4 Mm -hmm. a.m. and you can just like lounge around and like you just you just meet people in a place like that, you know. Right. Um and and you meet the staff and you get to know people like people Yeah, you just mingle. Blinded. Right. Mm-hmm. And then and the other one is is politics and prose um which was opened up last year um yeah. by the by the staff that quit Kramer Books. Um and it's the same the same kind of vibe and there's busboys and poets um which is like this little kind of restaurant this is all in dc yes all all in dc and but is a lot of different locations um but like the thing you're gonna have anything like that in any kind of city and i know that some cities are gonna have more than others so just find
1: those places
0: right and where where um, all the
1: people like congregate essentially
0: yeah and like lucky for me like dc's always been like had, like, a really strong poetry kind of old mm-hmm. school, school It's easier
1: in major cities, community. yeah.
0: So yeah. I'll be the first to acknowledge that, like, I lucked out in that sense. And, like, New York yeah. is obviously fucking huge. And so you have that there as well. But, like, if you show up physically in a place routinely, then you will show up, like, I yeah. guess, emotionally for the people. That You'll are eventually
1: watching. connect with somebody that's like you.
0: And, yes, and you will build yeah. a community around that. Mm-hmm. Um And I know that that's can My- be icky and uncomfortable, especially for, like, Moody, sulky artists, like yeah gargoyles, um mm. and you don't want to do that, but like for me, like I have found like too fucking bad no i I'm not the kind of person who is good at that kind of thing, but like it is the only thing that works for well me, and I, I just do to suck it up.
1: I do have some advice in case you are somebody who just cannot do those things, you know, like I think you you you're the somebody who braved that eventually got to a point where you like. you you now know that that's super valuable for you and you like going out and meeting people
0: at those events. But
1: let's say you're not, let's say you're not at that place and you can't, you know, then I think another thing you could do. And it it just occurred to me, is like, you have the internet, you can go on Twitter, you can find, find artists that you like, like big, big artists that you like, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And, and then just go jump in their mentions, like interact with people's, like people are, so they post something, people will say something like a bunch of their fans will post Then scan the conversation if you like something jump in and respond and what will happen is you'll do that for like a couple of months maybe even faster and eventually you're going to start meeting people that are in your area that think the exact same thing as you do as well as as well as people outside of your area but but and that's how you're going to build your community and i think some of that's already happening like just look at the people that we've met off this thing you know Mm -hmm. and um and i think that's that's another that's another way it's a longer way i think your way's faster and better but in case you can't do it, you can always just start building a community online, which will eventually lead to an offline community if you wanted to.
0: I mean, I'm not, like, I'm not always good at it either, like, when I'm in a new place or there are new Yeah, yeah, people, it's like, hard. Many people, I'm like, hold up, let me get a gin Ricky and have a Xanax so I can do this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's our other advice is, like, drugs, you know?
0: Prescription just, drugs. Yeah, um... just prescription
1: drugs and go. Just numb yourself out and, like go yeah,
0: Absolutely, <laughs> no 100 percent uh <laughs> not everything you, you say hard here hard is the
1: truth um <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that's listener questions for today I hope, hopefully we uh we you know had a decent perspective on that and if there's anything else like you guys want us to know just you know leave us another question you can also leave questions on anchor which is like super dope we can cut them into the podcast
0: oh yeah i always forget because you're the one who like handles all that stuff
1: yeah, well, it means that people have to be on Anchor, but it's cool. If you're an Anchor, you can leave a voice message, and what happens is in in, in the actual episode, I'll be able to cut to it and then cut away from it, you know?
0: Okay. But it's uh, something okay. like that.
1: I'm still figuring it all out, so either way, just leave us a message and let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. Uh, so now we'll get into the topic, yeah? Yeah. Okay.
0: So finishing
1: things. So finishing things. Um, yeah. I think over the last few episodes, we've kind of been going over – the whole process of, like, making something. How do you get yourself motivated? How do you, you know, keep going? How do you get to your second draft? And I think now what we'd like to get into is, like, which is probably, you know, again, one of the hardest things is just how do you finish something? Or how do you know when it's finished? More than Right, anything. how do you know when it's done? Yeah, exactly. How do you know when it's done?
0: Because it never um, feels done. It's
1: never going it feel done. Yeah. And you just keep going and doing drafts and drafts. So maybe we can shed some light on, like, you know. When's a good time to actually stop and go, okay, I'm finished and this is going out to the world now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you have any thoughts on that? Like as far as where you want to start? I have some ideas, but go. Okay. Well, one of the things is just, okay, how do you know when you're finished and you're not being too precious? You know? Yeah. Th- that's really my big one. The one that I struggle with is like, you always think that like another pass is going to make this thing amazing. Like it's going to be this, this next pass is the one that's just going to elevate it to like, Oh my God. (laughs) Keep doing it. You keep doing these passes and you'll keep going because each time you feel like it's getting better and better and better. But at some point you have to go like, no, this is, this is a lot of anxiety where I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm spell checking grammar, checking over and over and over for no reason.
0: I think that people have to remember that even the greats you know, even even you, like, you love... I don't know. Who's your favorite filmmaker? You've got, you've got a handful. Well,
1: yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson, David Fincher. I knew it was
0: one of the, one of the Andersons. Um,
1: Tarantino, yeah. <laughs>
0: but um, that even they, with with all of their projects, wanted them to be a little better or a little different. There's always going to be something they yeah. like they failed at, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, and you're never going to see that as the viewer um, or as the audience. But you have to be super gentle with your work and just know that, like, listen, it's it's not gonna ever end up the way as perfect as I that's it be. yes it's, that's it's it. not gonna like move. it's the vision in your it. head that you
1: gotta let go of yeah, yeah.
0: It's, it's not gonna like i don't know change the world basically the way that i wanted it to or the medium or whatever um
1: that's that's so out of, out of your control anyway you yeah, know yeah, you, don't have you could do you could do the all thing. the things right and get you know get every pass out and, and put it out and you still have no guarantee of that exactly and And as soon as you can get that through your head and then just get to a point where you're like, you got, I think, I think one thing that definitely helps and something we should, we, 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 we're going to talk about was the idea of like, you know, you, you got to force some sort of deadline.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me like, you don't do super well with deadlines or you can kind of take them or leave them depending on if it's a personal project or like. That's uh, exactly it. If it's it's a personal project,
1: I suck at deadlines, meaning like.
0: They give you, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm
1: more invested. Yeah, exactly. And also like I, yeah, exactly. You're a little bit of, the,
0: like, if, you're kind of a rebel, which is like, if you give yourself a, a deadline, there's part of you that's always going to fight it. You know, it's um, just,
1: it's a natural thing. I can't even explain it. The resistance becomes like crazy when I have a deadline, but if I'm getting paid for work and I have, it's like hired work or whatever, then the deadline doesn't phase me because something about the paycheck is just like, yeah, this is a job. It's not a big deal.
0: Right. And also someone else is counting on me and that's a different sort of thing. Um, and also
1: they're, they're looking for different results than what I'm looking for when I'm doing my own thing. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I'm looking for, to like create some kind of something personal and artistic, whereas most times when I'm hired, I'm like, there's a, there's a specific goal that they're after, you know?
0: Right, right. Yeah. I think... So... Yeah, go on. Me, me, um, I am someone who, if I don't have a deadline, and this goes into my planning thing that I was talking about in, in the earlier question, the listener question, um, that I need to to give myself deadlines and plan everything else. Like I, I send out like a monthly tiny letter. And- yeah, that gives me the highs. Yo, no, I, I know. <laughs> and it used to, it used to give to me until I realized that like I went an entire year without sending out a letter because right, I, right. I kept being super precious with this one, this one thing mm-hmm. that I was trying to write and I couldn't get it couldn't get it perfect until finally I was like, this is the day it's due. And of course I waited until the day that it was due. And I was like, you now have 20 minutes to finish this. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of person that I've become over, over time. And so I have to work and that maybe that's where I'm at right now, but um, Mm -hmm. I have to work with deadlines. There's like no way around it for me. I have to plan out. I will say,
1: I will say that doing the daily music project is something that made me realize that like, sometimes when I'm under a deadline, meaning like I have to do something every morning, post it every morning, and so forth, like, it was it was hard and it was frustrating because I'm not good with deadlines, but look how much I got done, you know? Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's my best work all the time,
0: right? No, it never, it's never gonna be. Yeah,
1: but that's why I, I, I'm i good at, like, kind of knowing, like, okay, this is a project that needs deadlines. So like, this is something that can take its time. It can marinate for a while, you know? And so yeah. it just it's just knowing what's right for the project. Like you said, often that just comes down to, are you getting paid? Is there Are there deadlines or not? But I'm assuming most people listening to this are really talking about self-motivating motivating themselves for the idea, you know, something they're creating, not something they're getting paid for. Mm-hmm. And so in that case, I think um, uh, if you can force deadlines, that's, that's definitely the best thing. But, but not everybody can. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I think also that uh... Hold on. it's a snow day. <laughs> I have <a> kid. <laughs> go Real moment watch. on the
1: podcast.
0: <laughs> I, I was like, okay, it's just like super great, and I was just like, okay, listen, like only come in here if like an emergency happens, and her brain immediately goes, so if I dislocate my knee, I can come in. Oh, of course. Like, this, I was it, like, this didn't happen, yeah. did it? No, no, it didn't. Okay. And I was like, how are you going to walk all the way down the hallway if not- <laughs> like? Uh, but, yes, she just asked if she could have a granola bar, so, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: emergency. I mean, you got, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, we're only losing, like, 100 subscribers, Ellie. Right, I
0: know, right. Totally, totally <laughs> I'm kidding. talking about my flow. I know. Um, but I think, for me, with finishing with finishing things, uh, I have to have somebody greet it over. And so, for right. me, like, and, and not not until I'm almost almost perfectly content with it mm-hmm. because i otherwise like their voice is gonna get into my head and it's gonna like screw me up and yeah yeah i'm the gonna, same way that isn't me and that isn't them either so it's just kind of nothing mm-hmm. um but what's fun about that is that i don't use i don't post like my best work on online like on social media but that, that's kind okay. of like my freebie throwaway i don't want to say like my throwaway shit but like it's like no, my free it. content essentially yeah yeah. And, like, yeah it's me trying different things um
1: yeah it's the same as the music was for me yeah
0: right like playing around with other things and so i feel like you shouldn't be uh worried about putting it out into the world even if you're not super confident about it being finished because it's never going to be finished and what's nice about putting stuff out um consistently is that you're able to get that community feedback um yep. kind of immediately on it and, and a lot of times like in in comments and, and emails and stuff with people who like like to read my work, they'll say, "Oh, I really like this because," and I'll be like, "Hey, what did you think about this one?" I can, like, yeah, it like, helps. My shit mm-hmm. with like people who actually want to read it. Nothing. Um,
1: nothing helps as much as like real reactions.
0: Absolutely. And, and I think that, uh, there there are definitely things that I put out even recently that I'm like, this isn't perfect. This is even close to being done. If I wanted to submit this somewhere, I'd actually have to sit down and like change a lot of this and like really kind of like hammer it out. Um, but I wanted to kind of gauge reaction and that's like being a little bit, uh, carefree with it in that regard, I think can be helpful. I think you have
1: to be, I think you kind of have to treat it like how comedians treat like the stage where they get up on a lot and they try their jokes and they're really rough and then slowly you start to figure them out and by the end of like, you know, three months they have like a set that they can put on Netflix, you know?
0: Yes. But they yes, have to exactly. like, they
1: have to get those reactions to see what's working, what, what, what's the timing of the joke and so forth, you know? I actually think if filmmakers and poets and all the uh, like, all, every, all artists kind of like were more open to that kind of a process mm-hmm. it would make our work better but it's just so hard to it's, take it's so hard to take somebody's like, like, you know like a ton of criticism, you know?
0: which is why like when i wrote when i wrote my first book like which i look at now and i just totally fucking cringe yeah um i wrote it in this vacuum where i just wrote it all by myself i edited it the first round by myself yep. and then i had an editor for the second round um and then i put it out into the world just knowing that like i wanted to be able to say i was done with something but uh, it, yeah, yeah. it never interacted with anybody other than me and my editor i've done that too out yeah in the world and like there's pros and cons to that, and I think it was good for me for my first project, but I don't know that I would recommend
1: I think To it. A Bright Red Hearts is very similar, my, my first feature film. It was, mm-hmm. uh, like, people saw it and stuff, and I got reactions, but not as much as I should have. You know, I, I, I was yeah. very guarded with it, and I just put it out in the world when it was done. But now looking at it, like, I'm very proud of it because it's so pure. It is what it is. But yeah. but but I think getting feedback and stuff, more feedback if possible, and I also didn't have access to a lot of feedback, but if we could have done more screenings and stuff like that, it would have really helped make the film better.
0: And I think that like film is probably like really difficult to do that kind of thing. Unless you have a It's hard. budget. You need budget. Yeah. Because, because how are you, it, the cost, you know, involved in that. Whereas like, exactly. you know, getting criticism or a critique or workshopping a poem is like me handing you a piece of paper. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Huh? It's a totally, it's a yeah. totally different for a
1: thing. Yeah. Um, Well, I think another thing that I want to talk about is, like, which totally comes off, like, it's like a tangent of what we're saying is the idea that, like, a lot of people don't finish things because they're just afraid of, like, you know, getting the actual final feedback from somebody, like, putting out in the world and, you know, people criticizing them. And I think that's, that's a subconscious thing that keeps a lot of people from finishing things. And we did kind of just cover it, but I think we should just quickly just go, like, I think the way you deal with that is to just sounds stupid, but put it out, you know, yeah. as much as possible and like get a thick skin. It's going to hurt a couple times and then you get a mm-hmm. thick skin and then you get better. And, and, um, and, and like you said, um, actually you, you would, I think you said this, but like, this is kind of what it comes down to. It's the idea of, um, nothing you put out there is the end all be all. You can't look at it. You can't look at it like this is the project that's going to get me the Oscar. This is the project that's going to get published and blah, blah, blah. This is the project that's going to be at like, you know, uh, all the the music bloggers are going to notice. It's like, you can't look at it like that because then you're catering towards things like your brain will just start to not give you the purest version of that. And so, you know, um, as soon as you can get over that, you can really kind of like wrap your head around the fact that this is everything you do is a potential lottery ticket yeah like every single thing so as soon as you're done with one move on to the next one because you don't know you have no control over how people perceive something even though you think you do which is why you just need to put out as much stuff as possible yeah
0: yes that you're proud of and like let that be enough Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, or do
1: what you're doing like like what we're doing experiment online and stuff and then put out real projects that are like you know that maybe maybe are like behind a paywall or something like that but those are things that you put a lot of work into you know yeah and Absolutely. I think that's the key is I just, and, and the more you kind of experiment online, the, the tougher for you being able to deal with the stuff and it won't bother you. And then you'll be able to solicit criticism in a way that like will be super healthy for you.
0: If everybody likes your stuff, it's, it's going to be just mediocre.
1: But yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: If, that just means that you're kind of like watered down, ordinary, like palatable. You're like the mashed potatoes of your medium. Like everybody like, <laughs> likes you. Yeah, exactly. You know? um, but you're not like saying a whole lot. And mm-hmm. so I think that once you come to terms with the fact that people aren't going to like your shit, um, that that frees you to do. I mean, I get criticism on individual like poems all the time. I get rejection letters. I get, you know, all of that. Um, and only a few of them, like after you kind of the initial sting of like, yeah. your first few, most of them don't even phase you because they're like, Oh, like I don't, know this person i don't like they don't know me exactly I respect them like you know um when scholars or like artists in my field give me criticism then, yeah. it, then it matters a little bit more um i got criticism on my one book my book on amazon um and it was the only one that like really kind of annoyed me annoyed me for a long time um a fellow poet told me that her review of it was that like the book was too expensive Mm-hmm. For the amount of poems. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember. And like, it really <laughs> so petty. Me. It annoyed me because I was like, "Well, what?" I tried to like actually sit with it for a minute and be like, "You know what? Like, why does this bother me?" And I was yeah. like, "Maybe it's because like she's a step ahead of me, and like th- there's some valid criticism here that like right. maybe I have priced it a little bit too high." Um, but also like I don't like the idea of people undervaluing their work. Yeah, I because. Agree. Society does that anyway, and they said that, like, all of our work should be free, even though you're, like... There was no need for that comment. No, but actually it's... what I found from it uh-huh. was that, like, maybe it had priced a little bit high, but also that here's somebody who um, doesn't know that, like... We're just operating on different, a different sort of thing. Like, she doesn't know that I put a ton of work into editing down, like, to the very best pieces that tell, like, a larger story... Mm-hmm. And so for me, I would rather do more with less and that had I included a bunch of the things that I originally considered for the book, it wouldn't be as strong of a collection. Right. And so once I kind of like deconstructed, you know, reminded myself like why I had done it the way that I did, um, I got over it and, uh, it didn't, it didn't bother me anymore. And so now like when I go to Amazon and I see it, I just kind of laugh, um, like, <laughs> oh, okay, like there's nothing. There's nothing wrong. Like maybe she feels like she spent too much money on it. Like that's fine. Yeah. But, like, I know why I did what I did, and I'll own that. And like, I well, it's a good that, point. And, and sometimes, do
1: sometimes something like you, you, you read something like that, and like even I get a little defensive, like just because it's your book, and I'm like, what does what does she know? But the truth is, it, um, you know, like it stings for a minute, and then you get over it, and then you actually look at what that person's saying.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like, and I was like, wait, like maybe I have. I think I originally priced it um, based on like kind of what the market was at for Mm -hmm. kind of everyone. I like did all the research for it. I think I priced it at 15. So I actually repriced it at 12. Um, And I was like, good. Maybe there's a little bit of like a valid criticism here. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. and, And there was nothing wrong with that. And I mean, I definitely was like a little bit petty in my mind at first. Um, You're always like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Which is also something to remember. Like when you have those feelings, like when you first read criticism and you're like, oh my God, this is so hard to take and I'm so pissed off and whatever. Like just remember, like even the biggest filmmaker has that initial sting. They just know that that sting passes in like a few minutes and they'll be fine.
0: And they just got to pay attention.
1: Yeah, you don't think it's hard for like Chris Nolan or for like, you know, what was that movie that just came out? Uh, I'm pretty sure Ryan Johnson got really like you know, shit all over him for the new Star Wars movie, even though, like, th- the reviews are good and stuff, but I'm sure that guy's, like, you know, I'm sure as happy as he is in his pile of money, I'm sure he was like, oh, this sucks, you know?
0: Right, or, like, these people don't understand, like, why the choices they had to make, or, like, what the situation was or, or not even. or, like, it could, whatever. Like... But it could
1: just be a juvenile thing of, like, ow, you know? Yeah, and then no. I'm sure he got over it, and then his next project, whatever whatever criticisms he got, he's gonna take it into account, because he's, like, an amazing filmmaker, and he'll he'll figure out a way to, like, You know, uh, 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 learn from that and adjust. I haven't, you know, I can't really say much. I haven't seen the film, but my point is um, that uh, what was my point? Um.
0: (laughs) (laughs) About about, about taking people's criticism. Like a lot of times, the criticism that hurts, like probably it hurts for everybody. What I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. It hurts for everyone. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you kind of just like you look at it and you can say like, okay, like is there something valuable at all in this criticism? On the other side Um, of
1: pain is growth.
0: Right. And you can let it, you can let it hurt for like a hot minute. I mean, I my do too, painful, yeah. like immediate response when like I saw like that one review I was like, well, I didn't even buy your book. So whatever.
1: Oh, I'm, um, la- I'm like that with any sort of feedback or criticism that's negative that anybody gives me, even in the tiniest form, my brain still, my, my first reaction is like, yeah, well, fuck you. <laughs> and then like two know, minutes later, funny. I'm just like, okay, I don't, I, I'm, I'm saying I never say that out loud. I think it in my head, but I've exactly. learned, I've learned to just keep it to myself get really angry and be like, well, you don't know anything, you know?
0: Yes. Um. And so, like, for, I had to do the same thing because I, my instinctual, like, kind of immediate response was, like, well, like, I don't even buy your book. So, like, I don't even care, like, what you think. And blah, blah, blah. like, exactly. I was, like, not girl shit, right? And yeah, was, nonsense, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, like, this is someone, this is someone who, like, I care about. Who took about. a moment out, too. And also, yeah, she, like, wanted to provide me with feedback. And, like, mm-hmm. I actually went out of my way after that to buy her book which that's I awesome. like really enjoyed and we're just very very different writers and we do a totally different thing exactly and like that's, that's okay yeah um I think that we both have something valuable to say within the well, medium and so take it in stride but also like be willing to like you know break it down a little bit is there something true to like what that person has said that's, totally. well, that's all part of like finishing the project exactly can so go, yeah, go back and be like oh like maybe I do need to work on this and then you edit it and then you put it back out into the world again
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Well, to sum it up, then, to, um, you know, when finishing, you know, just this whole topic of how do you know when you're finished? Like, what have we kind of learned is like, don't be too precious.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Don't worry about people out there judging you because it doesn't matter.
0: Because they're going to.
1: Yeah, because they're going to. And as soon as you have that one thing that does really well, everybody's going to turn around on you anyway. (laughs) <laughs> you know it's always like that and, and then exactly, then 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 they then they always believed in you you know
0: exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we all have family that does that so. yeah family <laughs>
1: friends everybody does that it's just normal you know i'm sure um, we've done that to people
0: <laughs> but, and, um, oh yeah wait you actually accomplished something oh wait it's not that bad
1: yeah exactly
0: um, yeah i think that that's like that that's the core takeaway and also that like just really plan for shit and then also plan don't wrong. be afraid yeah like, set, the, set those deadlines and then, like, or, or d- don't set those deadlines. Like, just play around with your process mm-hmm. um, and recognize that, like, having a solid kind of routine process is is a really essential part of, of finishing something. I agree. Um,
1: I think, you, I think you
0: think that you're only going to sit down when you're inspired, you're never going to finish anything. You're probably not even going to start that many things. I
1: agree. I, I totally agree. And I think um, you have to apply some form of structure to what you're doing and some kind of, like, End game, even if you don't like deadlines, you got to have some sort of sense. And you have to remember, like, you're not the best uh, judge of when something's finished so, or, or, or or even its quality. So try to bring, like, trusted people in and have them look at it. And I think the yeah. number one takeaway probably from all this is, like, just don't let fear be the thing that, like, guides you because then you're not going to finish things. You're going to find excuses to to keep going, to keep working on it, you know? Absolutely. All right. So I guess that's the topic for today. You want to come back with your recommendations? Yeah. All right,
0: we'll come back. Recommendations.
1: Things we don't hate.
0: Things we don't hate. (laughs) The list is very short, my friends. We're not going to
1: have recommendations for that many more episodes. Do you have something?
0: I do. Um, So... It's not Polish, but it is uh, South Central European. <laughs> um, so we I await the recommending...
1: return of Sarah's Polish Corner, so.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's coming next week uh, because I have a bunch of translated things. Uh, Ukrainian we're, st- and, we're so excited. And Polish, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> everyone's super pumped to have me read them poetry. Um, but I am recommending Rebecca West um, giant 1200 plus pages, um, kind of travel diary essay. Uh, that's epic. Yeah. It's a journey through Yugoslavia and it's called Black lamb and gray Falcon. And she wrote it in the interwar period, uh, in 19 in the 1930s. And it was published in 1941. And it's just like this huge epic, like undertaking. And, um, it's, it's just there's, you can't say it's really? history, you can't say it's uh, essay, you can't really say it's anything specific. It's just kind of a, a thing all its own. It's like um, a journal or? Well, so like the prologue right here, mm-hmm.
1: um,
0: it kind of starts out like weird. I like when things
1: here. are not defiable, it makes me curious.
0: Yeah, and, and it's very like kind of undefinable. But people, yeah. um, people in kind of literary circles, as well as like people, um, like historians um, will all kind of recommend if you want like a really interesting, personalized, like read on the history of that region. Right, right. It's
1: not history, but it's somebody's like window into that period but of time. But it's like
0: extremely well researched and like technical. Right. and like okay. It's just kind of brilliant. It's, like, it opens up. Um, I raised myself on my elbow and called to the open door under the other wagon lit. My dear, I know I have inconvenienced you terribly by making you take your holiday now. And I know you did not really want to come to Yugoslavia at all. But when you get here, you will understand why it is so important that we should make this journey and that we should make it now at Easter. It will all be quite clear once we are in Yugoslavia. There was, however, no reply because my husband had gone to sleep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great opening.
0: (laughs) So that's like the opening. And you're kind of like, wait, what the fuck am I reading? Um, But I
1: like like if you do recommend a book or something, if you could read little lectures like that, that's dope. That makes me want to like it.
0: Why? Because you're like, wait, what? What is this? Um, exactly so, so yeah that's that's my recommendation um, it, it actually defines uh, all the chapters are based on um, cities or uh, it oh, opens cool. up with like Zagreb and then it goes into Serbia then it goes into Croatia right, right. Um, and then the old Serbia has its own section I'm not there yet Montenegro um, so yeah it's it's just kind of a cool I don't want to say little book because it's literally 1200 pages it's probably going to take me a ton of time to read um, but it's uh, I'm, I'm loving it so far.
1: So. so for people that might love history and beautiful prose and things like that?
0: Yeah, I feel like it's one of those, like, personal, like, kind of essay things you'd read in, like, mm-hmm. The New Yorker. Like, ah, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes 1200 sense. Pages. <laughs> 1,200 um, pages. 1,200 pages of New Yorker. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but
1: it's not like you read it in one sitting, so.
0: No, I'm kind of, like, and also, like, it's really fun to just, like, read a few pages here and then, like, right. put it down and pick up something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then sometimes I'll sit down with it for like a few hours and just kind of like, you know, marinate in it. So that's
1: really cool. I hadn't okay. heard of that one. Uh, I'm going to do an old movie. I'm doing a movie um, from 1961 called The Hustler. Okay. Uh, it stars Paul Newman. Okay. I think he's like, I think he's like 40 something in the movie, and he looks like handsome, AF. You know. <laughs>
0: Um, um i only know him from his line of delicious salad dressings
1: oh really so
0: I should... yeah to be honest
1: i didn't know i didn't know either. he's like for my he's more from my like dad's generation you know okay. and so he would always talk about him but as i got older and you know you start running out of movies to watch so you want to see more old stuff and and honestly as you start finding some of the older great stuff you realize that there's just so much more like artistry and craftsmanship that goes in a lot of those movies you know because they didn't have what? shortcuts
0: and also, like, who inspired, like, your Exactly, thing.
1: exactly. And then, you know, then you, then you see a great film by, uh, by um, uh, uh, Newman, and then what happens is y- then you want to see more by him because he's just like any actor in your time, like, you know, I don't know, Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio. He's one of the greats. So then you just get hooked. Like, imagine, like, 20 years or 30 years from now finding Leonardo DiCaprio. You right. Know? You're still going to go back and watch all his movies because, like, you're looking at, like, somebody performing at such a high level, you know? And also the guy's just so handsome. You can't take your eyes off him. And um, <laughs> he's just one of those people. He's like chiseled by gods, you know.
0: <laughs> I know, like like he's like a Brad Pitt who's like not yeah, like, yeah. Like, type of man to date at all. But like, exactly, I will see him in something. What oh, were we t- talking about the other day? Like that that t- movie in Tibet. Oh, Seven years, yeah, Sef- Sef- years in Tibet.
1: Yeah, Seven Years in Tibet. That's um, right.
0: <laughs> and he's just so. Go- they were beautiful. all the
1: reviews were, would call him Golden God in that movie.
0: No, he's just, like, so beautiful. And yeah. like, fuck, like, I don't even like men that look like you, but, like, here you are being all beautiful. And then every
1: now and then one of those guys has, like, a real charm and acting ability like Brad or, like, Paul Newman, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this movie's amazing. It's about this dude that's, like, a hustler in, like, pool halls. And I think, I think this movie kind of started off the whole craze of, like, uh, pool halls and just, you know, like, it was a big thing in the 80s and 70s, you know? Um yeah. people hanging out pool halls and, and drinking and playing pool and stuff. That whole thing I think started with like people just obsessing over the hustler, which introduced this kind of underground pool thing to like the mainstream, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And uh and so yeah, it's just this hustler kind of gets caught up in something and he, he thinks he's the best, but his ego keeps getting in the way. And and I don't wanna to say too much about it because a lot of it is like there are a few twists and turns and things like that. Okay. But but I will say it's such a beautifully classically shot movie. It's, like, black and white, anamorphic photography, just stunning. Like, I mean, I, I'm telling you, like, I can't take my eyes off it. Like, movies now don't look as cool as this thing. Because to me, cinematography isn't about, like, you know, the sharpest picture or the best acquisition of the picture. To me, it's about a feeling. Yeah. You know? And, and these old black and white films, when they're done well, they have, like, you feel like you're transported to some other time or some, whatever story they're creating, you're there. You know what I mean? It it that, that, that suspension of disbelief or whatever you need to do, like that old black and white film photography really aids it, you know? That's, that's and, so interesting. and it's got this like really charming and, and layered performance by this dude who's like a bit of an alcoholic and stuff in the movie. Uh, Jackie Gleason's in it. Who's like a heavy set actor who, just the coolest dude in this movie like he gives you a whole like i wish we had somebody like that now that was just like this heavy set actor but it was just like just oozed like badassery and like coolness you know
0: right versus kind of like the stereotype the stereotype
1: you. yeah exactly and so so it's just yeah it's just a great movie and um kind of a dudes movie but i think i think like girls uh, dig it too because it's like classically um uh like the craftsmanship is so so like, you, you you, don't know that stuff when you're watching a movie as a regular audience. You're just watching it, but you can feel it. You you feel that you're in the, in safe hands. The story is, like, told so well that you always know where you are and you're with it. You care about these characters. And then they kind of, like, you know, pull the rug out from under you. But um,
0: I never think about storytelling in those terms until you say something like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that is something that, like when you're when you're working with something like film like you have to do you have to kind of yeah you, you, know, you try carry to the audience along with along with you you do
1: you have to you have like that, that's biggest misconception when i see young filmmakers is that they uh they don't pay enough attention to story like they all get the visuals now pretty much anybody can do good cool visuals because uh you know just the technology has gotten so cheap but the idea right. of uh actually telling a story is, is is something that seems to be getting lost you know and and um and this movie really tells the story. It's like a classically told story. Like the editing is slow. Everything is slow. It's just like, honestly, I'm gushing over it. That's how much I love this movie.
0: I know you never, you never do this. And I'm wondering if like you were on this like anamorphic lens, like love affair kick like the last 24 hours. And I'm wondering if that's why. No,
1: this is before that. This is, I was okay. actually, to be honest, maybe, maybe it is subconsciously, but I was kind of like this morning grasping for something to uh, recommend because I haven't seen anything last couple days. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, this is a movie that I watched over and over for like the last two years. You know, and and to be honest, like the anamorphic aspect of it isn't isn't the isn't, isn't like my favorite thing about it. It's that's really cool, but it's black and white, so um, I don't know if you notice it as much. You know, okay. but but what it is is it's just I can't, I can't. It's not a visual. I mean, the visual thing. Yeah, you're also going to notice that like Steven Soderbergh and a whole bunch of other people just ripped off shots left and right, like like this stuff in Ocean's Eleven, where you're like, oh my god, he just took it from The Hustler, which is cool, which I think is really cool. But when you start seeing those references, it's like super dope um but yeah I almost
0: made me want to watch it even though it's like not the kind of thing i normally like
1: i'm gonna make you watch it at some point we're gonna sit down and watch it you're gonna love it all
0: right i'll trust you
1: it's also like it's also very american film you know it's like it's such a it's such a it's such a like a like a like a capsule like a time capsule of like that time and and all that kind of stuff like even the way they have like a they have like this they're putting on, like, a little bit more of an accent and things like that, you know? I like it. But, yeah, I love it. So that's my recommendation. It's called The Hustler. Uh, I think it's available on Netflix. It is in Canada. Okay. And there's a sequel to it called The Color of Money, which Martin Scorsese directed many years later with an older Paul Newman and Tom Cruise in it. So that might also be worth checking out. Awesome. Yeah, so that's our recommendation for, for the week. And Twitter handles...
0: I am perfectly branded It's uh,
1: Sarah and <laughs> across all platforms. Uh, I am chaos. Um, <laughs> Twitter.com slash eyes. Instagram.com slash eyes was here. Uh, SoundCloud.com eyes Just, yeah, it's a mess. You'll figure it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want you to draw like a map for people.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm literally thinking of like coming out with like one page that has everything on it that I just had everybody to. Oh, also, thewildmachine.com. You can find, like, all my stuff, there, music and everything. is sarahrosangela.com for you, or you can find. Yes. And, oh, there's one more thing I want to say, which we always forget to say, and I always forget to say, too. Sarah has a book available on Amazon. Go look for it. It's called?
0: We Go Wild Once. Yes.
1: yes. So go and check that out, and, and uh, if you feel like it, maybe even buy it.
0: But don't feel like leaving a shitty review, because I will stalk you on the Internet and rip apart everything you've ever done.
1: Speaking of reviews, please leave us reviews on iTunes and all that kind of stuff because we need them. And also, Anchor seems to like us, so come check us out on Anchor because they seem to be like they want us to do well. So please help us do well. Um, okay, that's it.
0: We're done. Bye. We're done. See ya.